0: There's power in persistent prayer. Today, more on how to be an agent of change on Bold Steps.
1: As we begin to learn to pray and get in the habit of regularly praying like this, there's something that starts shaking in the spiritual realm. The enemy hates a church that prays.
0: Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. We're at the beginning of a new year, and what a better way to start out than to be encouraged to pray. And there's a real power that comes when hearts are united together in communication with God. Mark is describing six key elements to help you pray, and they're patterned after Jesus' prayer in Matthew chapter 6. If you couldn't join us for part one, that broadcast is online where you can always listen again at your convenience. Just go to boldstepsradio.org. But right now with today's Bold Steps, here's Pastor Mark Job.
1: Then secondly, we go from position to priorities. The very first prayer request that he says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy Come on, you know it better than that. Thy Kingdom come, and thy will be done. So the very first prayer that we say is, Thy kingdom come. What kingdom? The kingdom of God. What are you saying? God, we are praying that your kingdom, what is a kingdom? A kingdom is a place where a king rules. We are saying, your kingdom, the way you rule in heaven where there's no sickness, no disease, no sin, where there's peace and joy and righteousness, we are saying, kingdom of God, come to earth. Kingdom of God, come to my life. Kingdom of God, the peace of heaven, may it come to my life. The righteousness of heaven may it come to my life. The joy of heaven may it come to my life. I want a piece of heaven to come to earth. I want your reign to manifest itself on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now here's what I want you to understand. I know we live in a fallen world. I've told you this before. We live in a world where there's violence, hatred, war, diseases, where there's bigotry and rape and violence and abuse, where there's hatred, where there's murder, where there's jealousy, where there's injustice. We live in that kind of world. That is not the world that God created. God created a world that mirrors heaven. Heaven. We took the world that God created and because of our sinful nature, we've perverted the world that God gave us and we are living in the mess that we've created because what God gave us was perfect. Our sin has broken this world. God is a redeemer of what, what's broken. The Bible tells us that Jesus came and Jesus has come to bring the kingdom of God back to earth. That's why he's called the second Adam. Every time a person comes to a new relationship with God and their past is washed and the Holy Spirit comes inside of them, the Bible says they, they are transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We live in a broken, fallen, dark world, but we are representatives of the kingdom of heaven. And so although we live in a dark world, it doesn't mean that we can't experience some of king, the kingdom of heaven's culture in this world. We can experience the joy of God, the peace of God, the healing of God, the presence of God, even in the darkness of this world. We are carriers of the kingdom of God culture. And the kingdom of God culture clashes against the kingdom of darkness culture all of the time. So what Jesus taught us to pray is that the kingdom of God would start to come to this earth and be manifest on this earth and that his will would start to be done on earth the way it is in heaven. Are you, are you following me? Okay. So when I pray, I say, kingdom of God, I start with myself. I say, kingdom of God, come to my life. Because I can't pray for you unless it's true in me. I say, kingdom of God, come to my life. I want to align my heart and my desires with the kingdom of God. I want the joy and the righteousness of the peace of God to rule in my life. I want to be living the priorities in my life. I want God, I want people to see God in me. As I walk, as I talk, I don't want to be sucked into the culture of this world. I want to be different. I want the light of God to be in my life. So I pray first of all for me. How many of you know you need prayer first before you pray for anybody else? You know, because, yeah, you can't change others unless you change yourself. Then I go in circles. Then I pray for my marriage. I pray for my wife, D, And I say, Lord, kingdom of God, come to my marriage. I want to love my wife like you love the church. I want to honor her, God. I want to treat her right with my words. I want to be patient when I'm impatient, Lord. I want to bring out the best in her. I want to bring out the radiance in her, Lord, that she may see Jesus in me. Lord, I want our marriage to splash over into our children so that our children will feel. And so I start praying for my kids then. I pray for me. I pray for my marriage. I start praying for my children, that each of my children would walk with God and see God and experience God, that the kingdom of God would come to their life. And then I start expanding it beyond, and I I pray for the church. I pray for our leaders. I pray for our pastors. I pray for you. Oh, man, you need a lot of prayer. No, I pray for you. I pray for the situations that I know. Kingdom of God, come to our church, Lord. I I spend time praying for situations that I know within the church. I pray for us. Then I pray for our city, and then I pray for the world. I pray, Lord, kingdom of God, come. But it starts with me, and then it goes concentrically in circles as God may lay it upon my heart. Come, kingdom of God. Will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you you pray position. Then you pray priorities. Thirdly, you pray provision. Because the third thing that we're taught to pray is give us this day our daily bread. Now, do you think that God was just asking you to pray for bimbo bread? (laughs) Not even whole wheat. This is not a prayer about bread. This is a prayer about provision, about finances, about stewardship. Some of you never knew it was right to pray and ask God for provision for financial stewardship. But he taught us to pray that way. This is about asking that God would not only meet your needs financially, But I believe that you need to be specific and you need to be persistent in learning how to pray over your finances, over your stewardship, over your provision. Give us this day our daily bread. That's about your finances, that's about what you live, what you eat, that's about your provision. I've learned over the years to be very specific in this area as well.
0: That's Mark Job, and we'll get back to the message in just a moment. We're learning the pattern of prayer outlined in Matthew chapter 6. But Mark, it's always encouraging to hear from listeners, and this email came in recently here to boldstepsradio.org. I think you'll enjoy this. Adam says, My wife found you this past summer, and through her encouragement, I started listening via podcast, then WMBI, and most recently, 106.9 WHRD. I travel anywhere from one to two and a half hours each day to work. And as I happened to cross bold steps one day, I have found that listening to you helps to calm me while in traffic. So, thank you for this ministry. We've both grown from your teachings. And uh, I thank that listener for contacting us. That's, that's fun, fun to think about calming him in traffic, though, isn't it? I
1: love that, Adam. Thank you so much. And, you know, I need to put the bold steps on to calm me down in traffic as well because <laughs> yeah. I had the same kind of frustration. Absolutely. Hey, we love hearing from listeners, by the way. And when we get emails like this, it really encourages us. So, keep coming with those emails. You
0: can reach us through bold steps radio. Well, let's get back to today's message now, the power of prayer in Matthew chapter six.
1: The first time I remember praying specifically and persistently was when I was a college student. I was in my final year of college and I had moved to a place where I didn't have a car and I had worked all my way through college, different odd jobs, paying my way through school, and I was in a new college that was remote, and I couldn't work. And I did not know how I was going to be able to pay for my final semester at school. And so I started to pray. And there was, a, uh, there was a luggage room on the dorm that I was at. And I remember in the morning, I would go into that luggage room, and I would get on my knees, and I would say, God, I need finances. I believe you brought me to the school I would work if I could, but I have no job, Lord, that I can get right now. And I remember specifically that I needed $2,400. $2,400. And so I would get up every morning and I would start praying, Lord, you know. I need $2,400. I'm not sure how I'm going to get that or where that's going to come from. I don't see a way right now. I want to work, but I can't, Lord. But I'm praying specifically, not for $2,500, but for $2,400. I'm praying specifically for $2,400. And I got up every morning to do that, and nothing came in the mail. No check came in the mail. And then about three weeks into it, I got a phone call from someone that was in Chicago. And they said, you know what? So and so and I just got our tax return. And we wanted to invest in someone that we felt like God was gonna use in the future in ministry. And God put you on our heart and so we put together our money and I don't know if it's gonna help or not but it's $2,400. I was about 19 years old at the time and never forgot that lesson. God answers specific, persistent prayer. He answers it in supernatural ways. And I could tell you story after story of answers of prayers like that. We've prayed specifically. I remember when my wife, years ago, we needed another van, and she started praying specifically for a green minivan. A green minivan. I don't know. I, I just wanted one that would work. She wanted a green minivan because we were expanding. And and we had decided that we were going to, we had committed to pledge to the building campaign. And so the money that we were gonna buy a vehicle with, we gave to the church to build a building. And she was praying specifically, and she would pray with my son over a green minivan. And Through a series of circumstances, we received a gift that we did not expect, a gift. And when that green van drove up into our driveway, my son was so excited, like, Dad, green minivan, just like we had been praying for. I, I learned the power of persistent, consistent prayer, even when it comes to finances. God is the supplier of all of our needs. And we need to know how to pray specifically and consistently when it comes to these areas. So, number four. So we, we pray our position. We pray our priorities. We pray our provision. And then we pray people. This is the hardest one. And forgive us our transgressions as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, you know what you're praying in this prayer? You are praying that if someone offends you and you don't forgive them, that God would not forgive you. Because you're saying, forgive me, God, the way I forgive others. I remember when I was young and I realized what I was praying, I used to skip this part of the prayer. You are saying, God, if I hold a grudge against someone else, hold a grudge against me. You are saying, God, if I don't release someone that's hurt me, then God, do not release me if I've hurt you. That's what you're praying. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What this does, when I pray this part of the prayer, I start praying that God would cleanse my heart, that there would be no bitterness or anger against anyone in my life, that there would be no um, bad blood with anybody that I feel like I've offended or someone that, that I have a bad relationship with. What this does, it allows you to, if you do this on a regular basis, it allows you to cleanse your heart before God so that you're not dragging any baggage. Listen, some of you, because you haven't done this, you should have released someone six months ago, but you're still holding them in resentment because you haven't been praying this prayer. This allows you to search your heart and to make sure that there's nothing there. And then I forgive and release if there's anything in my heart and there's someone I need to call up, I call them up. And then I pray that God would allow me to walk in love and humility, and acceptance in my relationships, that I would be an encourager to people around me, and that I would have a heart that forgives people rapidly and easy around me. That's prayer number four. Number five, you pray protection. And lead us what? Not into temptation, but what? Deliver us from evil. Let me tell you something about the enemy. The enemy is out there to kill, steal, and destroy. And there is not a person in this auditorium that doesn't have a weak area. We all have our areas of weaknesses, and it's those areas of weaknesses that the enemy most tempts you in. And so when you come before God, you say, God, I know that I'm weak in this area. And the enemy would like to come and destroy me in this area. But God, I pray that you would not lead me into temptation, but you would let me escape the temptation. And that you would deliver me from the traps that the enemy puts before me because I don't want to disgrace your name. I don't want to fall. I don't want to give in. God, give me the power. Protect me. This is when you pray for your own life. You know, periodically... I will hear of a pastor that falls in immorality. Unfortunately, more often than I want to. Some guy that has to be taken out of ministry because they find he has an affair with another woman. And people will come up to me and say, Pastor, did you hear about that person? Can you believe that person? And sometimes the initial thing is to judge them and say, how could they do that? And they must have been a false prophet. And we want to throw stones at them. I'll tell you what, over the years, the older I get, you know what I, what I want to do when I hear that another leader has fallen? I want to get on my knees and say, thank you, Lord, that it wasn't me. Bless you, Jesus, because I know how weak I am. I know that it's only by your grace that I'm standing. Father, And if it were not for you, Lord, I could fall just as easily. God, protect me. The Bible says that pride comes before a fall. And the natural response to someone that falls shouldn't be casting and throwing rocks or judgment. The natural response should be one of Lord. If it wasn't for your grace, I would be in that same situation. And so we pray protection. I pray over my family. I pray over my life. I pray that that the schemes of the enemy would be thwarted. I believe that the enemy is trying to set a trap for many of you. Those of you that are trying to move forward, the enemy wants to try to set a trap for you, wants to cause you to fall. So I pray the armor of God over me. God, put the breastplate of righteousness on me. Lift up the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. Protect me, Father. I pray that the traps that the enemy sets would be thwarted. I pray, God, that the schemes that he sets against me would would come to naught, that you would expose them. Lord, that I would not fall into any of those traps that he's setting in my life because I want to be able to resist temptation and live for you. I don't want to bring shame to your name, God. I want to finish my race well for the glory of Jesus Christ. And then lastly, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. So you finish with praise is all Jesus has had over all things. Declare what God has called you to do with authority and conclude with thanksgiving to his name. Listen, that's the Lord's Prayer. And if some of you would begin to take that pattern... And you would take that simple outline and start to pray through it. It would cover almost every area of life that you need to cover. And by the time you're done praying through that, you'll look at your watch and say, wait a second, I've just been praying 20 minutes. And you realize that as you start praying the pattern of the Lord's Prayer, that the Holy Spirit is going to prompt you to pray for other things. And I pray that as well when I start to pray. I say, Lord, prompt me. And sometimes God will bring a face to mind, and I'll start praying for that person that I haven't thought of in a long time or seen in a long time, and I don't even know what they're going through. But if the Holy Spirit puts on my heart to pray for them, I'll pray. And sometimes I'll call them up and realize they're in the middle of a battle or a struggle. Why? Because God is prompting me to pray for that. And, And we pray in the sensitivity and the power of the Holy Spirit. As we begin to learn to pray and get in the habit of regularly praying like this, there's something that starts shaking in the spiritual realm. The enemy hates a church that prays, trembles before a church that prays. As you begin to learn what it means to pray on a regular basis, I believe it's a keystone habit that can have an effect in a lot of areas of your life as you begin to embrace the power of being a praying individual. Amen?
0: Amen. That's Mark Job on Bold Steps, wrapping up today's broadcast. And given what we've talked about here today, Mark, I think it would be uh, wise to close with a word of prayer for listeners as they think through this pattern of prayer themselves.
1: Absolutely. And this is what I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you that God would put a new fire, desire, and drive to spend time every day in this pattern of the Lord's Prayer. Good. So, Father, I thank you for those that are listening today and thank you that you're stirring a new passion to get into your presence. And I pray as we go into this year that there would be a new, a new desire, a new fire, a new hunger to get into your presence. And so I pray that you would stir the hearts, push us by your Holy Spirit, remind us to be a people that carves out time to pray. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Yes, amen. Thank you, Mark. And by the way, if you want to revisit or share any part of today's program with a friend, the place to go is boldstepsradio.org. Mark? Well, once again, we have in the studio a friend
1: of mine, someone that you're familiar with. You've heard his voice. You've probably read one of his books as well. And uh, that's uh, Joe Stoll, who's been a pastor, a leader, college president, but more importantly, a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So good to have you here, Joe. Thanks, Mark. And, um, you know, Joe wrote a resource that's designed to try to get us to spend time with Jesus every day. And Joe, I want you to tell our uh, listeners why you wrote Strength for the Journey.
2: Well, first of all, I think we all need more strength for our journey, right? Absolutely. So then how do we do get strength for our journey? It's a lot of different ways, Mark, but certainly one of the ways is to be in the Word of God and having God speak to us on a regular basis. But I think I found the challenge in my own life, okay, where do I start with that? I mean, the Mm. Bible's a big book, right? (laughs) Psalms or the New Testament or Leviticus, and that's a challenge (laughs) there all by itself, right? So what I had found in my life is if I have someone to get me started every day, And so I thought maybe I could take some of the experiences I've had in my life and some of the things that have been important to me and put them into a daily startup for people, kind of like the warm-up band to their work and walk with God. And so Strength Through the Journey was what came out of that, and I trust it will be just that, that it will get people started into the Word, give them a pattern to listen to the Lord and to walk with Him.
1: I love it. And by the way Joe has such a just a compelling way to break things down into a simple easy to understand way and so a Strength of the Journey, that's our premium gift for all our Bold Steps uh, supporters this month and so we would love to put this book
0: into your hands. And we'll do that today when you give a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps. Thank you Mark. Call 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363 or go online to boldstepsradio.org. Or you can send your donation and request Strength for the Journey in the mail. Write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. And by the way, if this is your first time to donate to Bold Steps, you'll also receive a special thank you email with the link to Dr. Job's brand new e-devotional called Bold Steps with Jesus. That's two devotionals for just one gift from any first time donor. So if you've never given to Bold Steps before, now is a really an excellent time to get started. Once again, that's Dr. Stoll's Strength for the Journey and Mark Job's 30-day e-devotional Bold Steps with Jesus for your first-time gift of any amount today at boldstepsradio.org. Or call us at 844-615-7363, 844-615-7363. And one final reminder, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast. Open up your podcast app on your phone or mobile device and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job and click the subscribe button. Then leave us a comment and a five-star review. It helps so much with encouraging new listeners to check out this Bible teaching program. Thanks so much. Well, next time on Bold Steps, Mark says that the church is full of sleeping agents of change and we need to awaken to our spiritual calling. We're going to look at what it means to be in the right place at the right time for the right purpose. The making of an agent of change. Next time on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.